I will mainly talk about five gigahertz or Wi-Fi in the five gigahertz band, but this is also valid for OFTM files in the 2.4, but we do know we are not using bonded channels, so it's actually not so valid, but the theory, it's valid. Let's start from the basics. This is our OFTM 802.11 frame format. With our preamble, with a short training field, long training field, signal, and which are what we said, set, sent at six megabits per second. And the data field, which are sent at various uh, MCS modulation encoding scheme formats between six and 54 megabits. On a 20 megahertz channel, we have 64 subcarriers, but we use only 52 of them. The rest of them are guard band against the adjacent channels. During normal operation, the transmitters send those 52 subcarriers with data on it, modulated on each subcarrier, and the receiver are aligned against each of the transmitters' subcarrier and receive the information bit correctly. Those subcarriers are, are named with number from 26 down to zero and further on to minus 26. But this is normal operation. Wi-Fi is a, uh, not a coordinated system. That's why we call it distributed coordinated functions. So when a transmitter sends data, all the receivers are not synchronized. So when the subcarrier comes to receiver, the receiver could be out of sync and it could receive the data on, sub, on wrong subcarriers. In this example, the receiver or one subcarrier out of sync and there is no mechanism in this frame transmission for the receiver to understand what is the correct so if something happens, we do something during the first short training field. Because during short training field, this is the first field in the, in the preamble, we only use a subset of the subcarriers. We only use 12 out of the 52s. So now the receiver are able to see this pattern and knows if you have to go up or down or just be aligned. It is example, you understand that uh, you have to change this synchronization up towards the subcarrier 24. The receiver series can actually be plus minus 625 megahertz out of sync during short training field. And that is two subcarrier out of sync. So you do the most, most of the synchronization during this short training field. And when we start the long training field, the transmitter turn on all 52 carriers. But now the receiver are almost synchronized and only do the last fine tuning. In this example, I have to go the loop and they are able to adjust plus minus 125 megahertz during long training field. 
when this is finished, the receiver are synchronized and we are start receiving the signal field. This is where the transmitter starts sending useful data. And we see those two are aligned and the receiver receives it bits on this correct subcarrier. And you can maybe see the blue, the four blue, it's, it is four blue, that's the pilot subcarriers, which are used to keep the receivers on track for the rest of the transmission. So this is how uh, all the station on the channel synchronize when it receives a frame. During this process, we have two signal levels to consider. We have what's called clear channel assessment, and I call it preamble detect. The literature and the standard call it signal detect, but as I will show later, it's more correct to see, call it preamble detect because it's the signal level, the frame, received frame has to be on for the receiver to be able to detect, detect the start of a frame. And according to the standard, it should be at least minus 82 dBm, or it's more common to say we need 4 dB signal to noise ratio to be able to decode the preamble for the NF frame. We also have what we call CCA or clear channel assessment energy detect is where the station monitors the overall energy on the channel. The not 802.11 modulation, but overall energy. That is useful, usually 20 dB over CCA preamble detect at minus 62 dBm. For virtual carrier, we also have, for clear channel assessment, we also have the virtual carrier or network allocation vector. But that, we will not discuss this anymore. We are just looking at the, where we are sensing the energy on the channel. So what are the station doing? This is a station who are idle is listening to, to the channel. And when the channel is idle, the, the receiver's only task is to look for the short training field from the preamble. Because and it checks each slot time, which are nine microseconds. So, the other station, the only task is to, can I see the short training field above my CCA preamble detect level? And I only look for those, the pattern I showed in the short training field. When the receivers or station see the short training field, it turns on the rest of the subcarriers and do the rest of synchronization and the reception of the frame. So this is a station only listening to the channel. If he wants to transmit, it will come data down from the upper layer or from the Mac, Mac layer, if it's a management frame, let's say. And then he starts his contention process. And during the contention, he will both look for uh, any start of 
the preamble or do I see the short training field above my CCA preamble detect? Because then you have to start receive or is this energy, uh, overall energy above the energy detect level? And when the contention is over, he starts sending sh short training field on those 12 subcarriers showed and later on turns on all the subcarriers and sending the rest of the frame. This is the basics. So now what happened for the key is uh, if we, the key is we have to look for the short training field to be able to detect the start of the frame. What happens if a station either wakes up after a short sleep or visiting the channel during a channel scan and there is an ongoing transmission on the channel it's after the short training field, then the station are not able to decode the start of the transmission and the only thing he can look for is, is whether it is energy detect over those minus 62 dBm. And minus 62 is actually a very strong signal. If you have your cell edges at minus 67, you have to be inside your cell to be able to detect if there are any transmission or not. So very often, this visiting station will assume the channel is idle and will start its own contention process and start transmitting. Let's say probe request is most common when a station is doing channel scan and that's lead to collision on the medium. This is how all files are, you, are do, doing on the primary channel. They look for either if they see the short training field above preamble detect or overall energy above energy detect. So minus 82 dBm for preamble detect and minus 62 for energy detect. Then came HC or 802.11n uh, frame format was changed a little, but still we have the preamble. Now it changed name to legacy preamble, but the same mechanism to either start the transmission or detect any transmission on the channel is the same. Still looking for short training field above preamble detect or yeah, the the, if it's on a listener, only looks for short training field. Since 802.11n also can send data on secondary channels, we use one clear channel assessment method on those on that secondary channel, and this is only the CCA ED at minus 62 dBm. That also what what's, I think Jim told us three weeks ago. Uh, but now it's been interesting when AC started with the market uh, six, seven, eight years ago, the frame format was changed a little, especially we got on DHT preamble 
but still the legacy preamble are the same. So the same mechanism to either start a transmission or detect any transmission on the channel is the same. Look for the special pattern during short training film. But VHD or AC introduced two new features that are interesting. It is request to send, clear to send, exchange with bandwidth signaling. What does it mean? That means that the initiating station or the TXOP holder transmit the request to send frame replicated on all 20 mega channels he intend to use during the data frame transmission. So if he intends to send his data over 80 megahertz, he will replicate the request to send over all four 20 megahertz channels. And when the recipient shall respond with the clear to send, he only respond with the clear to send if all channels are idle. It has been a lot of talk about dynamic bandwidth operation, that is where the responder returns clear to send on only the clear channels. But today we are talking about static bandwidth operation and how does that is done. So this is request to send, clear to send, duplicated on all channels. The, another feature is the ability to de detect a valid OFDM transmission called OBSS, SD or overlapping service set signal detect. Here or now a VHD station or near also uh, AX can detect a valid OFDM transmission on the secondary channels with something called guard interval autocorrelation. That autocorrelation method takes longer time, so we need there was set a period of 25 microseconds. 25 microsecond is the same as we before you called PIFs. So in literature, those that period is called the PIFs, 25 microsecond. This gave the it gave the station better sensibility for with this method we can measure or detect OFDM transmission down at minus 72 dBm. So it's 10 dB more sensitive than energy detect. So now we have two levels. We have or three. We have PD preamble detect. We have signal detect, and we have energy detect. The literature and the standard are imprecise when they are used those terms. But for me, signal detect is a the station's ability to detect an OFDM transmission that it don't need to synchronize to. Where preamble detect is the level or detection of a preamble or the start of the frame. And here 
those three same levels are showed from the bottom of preamble detect at minus 82, OBSS single, single detect at minus 72, and energy detect at minus 62. So, and here I have just put it in, together in a table. I'm not going to talk more about that. This is for your reference for later. I want to show you an example. We have an 80 megahertz BSS or a, yeah, a BSS using all four 20 megahertz. And we want to send a data frame with access category best effort. First of all, those data must come down to the OSI layer, down to the Mac or down to the Wi-Fi or layer one or two, then transmitter, assemble all those together. It decide what modulation, what coding, which guard interval, which bandwidth, and thereby calculate the network allocation vector and prepare the frame. Then it starts the contention process by looking at the channels. And here he is looking at his primary channel and look and look for either just to detect any start of frame or if, if the energy is above the energy detect level. If so, he defer or stops the contention process. A PIFS or 25 microsecond before he shall send the request to send, he monitors all his secondaries for that valid OFDMN OFDM transmission above minus 72 dBm or energy detect above minus 62. If the secondaries are idle, he start he sends a duplicator request to send on all the four 20 megahertz channels making our 80 megahertz BSS. But when this frame comes to the receiver, the receiver has monitored the secondaries prior to the reception of the request to send. He found out that the channel is not idle, so you have to defer transmission and they will not respond with the clear to send. When these clear to send are not coming back to the initiated, the initiated starts his back off process and do what we call a retransmission. He check whether the channels are clear. He starts its contention process again with the arbitration interim space for best effort. But now he doubles the contention window in the random back of timer because this is a retransmission. And once again, a PIFS before he sends the request to send, he checks his secondaries both for valid OFDM, OFDM transmission and energy. And if those channels, channels are free or idle, he sends the request to send, duplicated over 420 megahertz channels. This time, the receiver 
has again checked the his secondaries at pips before the reception of the request to send. This time the channel are clear. He respond with duplicate to clear send and the data are sent. And at last, our second trivia question, the receiver send block acknowledge duplicated over those four channels. This is what the standards tell us that the system are doing. Let's us let's, this is a theory, let's look at some captures. This is a capture on a 80 MHz BSS primary channel 2036. It's a ping and ping reply between two AX stations. And I have captured with my Jetson Nano, which also are AX capable. We see our request send clear to send first, then the echo or the ping request and the block hack. And the, then the TXV for the return, the echo reply. As you can see, we can the data frame are decodable. It's sent at 80 megahertz with MCS 10 at a very high data rate. So this is a capture on our on 80 megahertz channel. Let's put up another capturing device on one of on our secondaries. This is a MacBook Pro, Pro with an AC adapter capturing on the on channel 40, 20, 20 megahertz channel. We are, see the same TXPs, request to send, clear to send, then a white line, a block hack, and the other TXP. If you remember, if you, the duration or the network allocation are the same, but look at the white lines. It's a fragmented IEEE 8.2.11 frame. For me, that say that he had seen when the capturing at 20 megahertz, he have seen a valid OFDM transmission on that channel. And as you see in the red box, the signal level he have captured on is minus 66 and minus 69 dBm. It's above our OBSS signal detect level. And also this is an AC capable adapter and I have captured the AX frame with another subcarrier format and another um, guard interval format and data symbol time and still we are able to understand that this is an Wi-Fi frame. So if that this device had been a ordinary client client with, with one of his secondary channels on this can, channel and had measured this TXB, we understand that this is a Wi-Fi frame and would have deferred his own transmission. Yes. 
Now, another thing is those requests and clear to send duplicates back in the end days where we use only two bonders and only send those requests to send clear to send on the primary channel and therefore only distributed the network allocation vector to all our station on our own basic server set and all other station on the primary channel. We, are not, we were not distributing network allocation on the secondary 20 mega channel. With duplicate request to send, clear to send, we distribute the network allocation vector on all the channels, which means every other station that have their primary channel on one of our secondary channels will receive this network allocation vector on, and thereby our frame have what we call protection on all channels. While we before only protect at our legacy, oh, sorry, at our primary channel. It's a lot of information and I understand with some, if someone not follow along, but this is a webinar which I published online later, so you can go back and look at what was what I'm talking and look at the slides. So legacy protection, legacy protection, we only do protection on the primary. Now we do protection on all our channels, and I assume it will have a better performance. Let's do some basic in the end. Um, this is our cell, coverage cell. We have the AP in the middle. We now, in this example, are initiated or start sending at XB, and we have a client inside our minus 67 dBm cell edge, which is very popular to show. But since we are sending request to send, clear to send at six megabits or the lowest available data rate in the file. Those are decodable out to where a receiver receives at least minus 82 dBm from the AP. Or at the place we are able to decode those that six megabit frame. This is from the initiator when the client Response with respond with this clear turn. This area will extend a little. So out to the outer ring at minus 82 dBm, that cleared request to send and request to send clear to send, and all our channels are decodable, and we have protected the transmission out there. If you are that kind of guy that increase your minimum basic rate, let's say to 12 megabit, the coverage area for request to send, clear to send, are those two uh, rings uh, showing RTS at 12 and CTS at 12, but still the preamble are decodable out to the outer uh, rings. And so, you need to be aware of your 
Og vi har coverage out to the minus 82 dBm border. Regardless of where you set your minimum basic rate. Um, I know from before we had those other, these outer rings are by someone called ghost frames. But that is a discussion we are not doing today. So let's summarize. Here we learn, first of all, the receivers or the stations that are idle are searching for that special short training field pattern above clear channel assessment, preamble detect, for detect, to detect the start of a frame. If you are not seeing those, that short training field, the energy have to be over the energy detector level to prevent all the stations to start transmitting. In the AC5 or newer, the stations are able to detect valid OFM transmission on the secondary channels. This is called overlapping service set signal detect. Therefore, we have three energy levels to be aware of. CCA preamble detect, which uh, in, in most of literature are called signal detect. This is to detect the start of a frame. We have overlapping service set signal detect to detect, detect valid OFDM transmission on secondary channels and at last our energy detect level. And for new files, we duplicate request to send, clear to send on all the channels we will send the data from on. And this gives more sensitive monitoring on our channels. And the last thing I said, Duplicate request to send encryption distributes network allocation on all channels, and we have a lot more protection than we had before. So, and then some closing remarks. Uh, the pre preamble detect level are by the standard set, set at minus 82 dBm. But the receivers of today are a lot more sensitive, so it could be able to detect frame down maybe to minus 90 dBm. But I have not seen something writing of if whether it is just the OBSS signal detect or CCA energy detect. Likewise, let's say we have, it can detect down to 90, will it then adjust the OBSS to minus 80 dBm and the ED to minus 70, I don't know. And how often are those OVSS signal detect measured? Um, that is something that drains energy from the device and, uh, and could uh, yeah, it's drain especially mobile device fast. And this new feature are only used at primary, no, sorry, at secondary sense. 
for me, this would be a, would be a very useful feature to also use on our primary channel to be able to lower the re retry rate. But this is not introduced on primary channel according according to the standard. This over overlapping service set signal detect are further used in uh, the AX uh, amendment. And this is a very important feature when we are talking about BCS coloring, spatial reuse, and dual nodes. I've not looked into that yet, but uh, maybe later. And at last, this presentation is made based on the 802.11.2016 standards. And like we all know, this it is a difference between what's in the standard and what are implemented on devices. So yes, if you want to read about it, you will find it in the 802.11.2016 standard at uh, chapter 21.3.18.5, down at page 3290, I think, into the VHD uh, chapter. And also the next generation wireless landbook by Robert Stacy and Eldad Pelaya talks about it in chapter 11.4 and chapter for one. So there is where that is the places you should read if you want to dig into this.